I'm standing here with the University of West Texas Dustbusters football team celebrating their victorious win over the San Angelo State Bobcats. We have our coach, Coach Evans, here to tell us about his win. Now, Coach Evans, how were you guys able to win tonight? Oh, man, it's a great night to be Dustbuster, I'll tell you that much. But, uh, yeah, it was a coordinated effort. Uh, boys, they really fought hard tonight. Uh, we really uh, pulled it out there at the end. It was a little shaky there at times, but, you know, uh, we, we, we did what we needed to do. Now, you are coming into a win after being down 20 points during the first half. How did you achieve this miraculous comeback? Well, I'll tell you what. We went into the locker room at halftime. We said, listen, I'm going to make some adjustments. We went in there on the whiteboard, and uh, I said some things, and, uh, you know, we went in there with the offensive coordinator. He said, you know, uh, we, we got to do some things on the whiteboard, you know. And I, I gave him a speech, and I said, you know, if you if we win in the second half on offense, and if we win on defense, and if we win on special teams, we'll win this game, boys. It's really that simple. And, you know, they came out there and executed. I couldn't be more proud of them. Now, you guys had a critical injury. Your wide receiver, Demarius Green, got injured in the second quarter. How is he doing? Do you have any updates on him? Well, his hamstring is detached from his leg, but you know, that's, that ain't a big deal for our medical team. Normally, when the hamstring's detached like that, uh, you probably saw a blowout middle the field there. It's uh, kind of, you know, we had one of our medical staff go out there and retrieve it, and, and uh, really it comes down to super glue. Tell you that much. We get it back on the other side of the field. We super glue that sucker back on, and uh, it's all good to go. He should be all right for next week. Now, one more question, Coach Evans. The Dustbusters are taking on the Austin State Sissies in the bowl game next week. How are you guys feeling about that game? Oh, we feel pretty dang confident. I tell you what, we got to go back tonight. You know, we're going to celebrate tonight, but uh, we got to go back to work on Monday. I tell you what, uh, we're going to go in there and, uh, you know, we're going to go to AT&T center there and uh, we're going to try our best and uh, you know our boys do a good job I just want to you know really commend them for what they did and how much hard work they put in and uh, yeah we'll see you next week I'm Mike Evans for ESP Fox CBS Sports Football see you next time hi I'm Chris and I'm Micah and this is the Donut Box Podcast Well, we are on episode eight. It feels great. And I just right there. How you feeling it about does, episode, eight, episode eight? Man, episode eight. I can't even believe it. We were talking in episode seven about it being crazy. It's episode seven. And we keep moving along. We're almost to 10 already. We're almost double digits in season two. We're only two episodes away from that, man. Yep. It's been great. It's been real. It's been fun. So we want to shout out to all of our listeners, those in our home state of Texas, Georgia, Florida, Chicago, Illinois, which I found out last week was not the capital of Illinois. Uh, Washington State, Washington, D.C., Pennsylvania, Ohio, London, the U.K., Ireland, uh, Germany, Belgium. So we love you guys. So we got a great show for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Let's kick this thing off. If you're a brand new listener, welcome to the Donut Box Podcast. Each donut is a different segment, and we always like to kick off the Donut Box Podcast with our favorite segment, which is our old-fashioned donut, which is a story from our past. And so, Micah, before we left for Texas, uh, we were 
volunteering at the church, as most of you guys know, a lot of our stories come from the church, and we were very heavily involved in the tech team, which we ran, ran sound, lights, video cameras. I mean, if you name it, we did it, didn't we? Absolutely. I mean, we knew how to run pretty much every piece of equipment, not just in the main area of the church and the main sanctuary area of the church but we also did it for the youth group so literally i mean that's pretty impressive if you think about it 15 16 year olds we knew how to do all the you know the sound boards we knew how to do the lights we knew how to turn everything on and turn everything off and um i'm just gonna brag on myself i've made some pretty dope light shows in that main sanctuary not even gonna lie to you anyways uh <laughs> but yeah we had all sorts of insane equipment um, that we got to do, but we got to be jack of all trades, which was cool. But at the same time, we were vastly overworked at the same time. Yeah. And being the ones that did most of the tech stuff, uh, rather minus like Sunday mornings, they had like someone that was over the tech team, but in youth, we did pretty much almost all the tech stuff with the exception of a guy that we knew who ran sound. We'll call his name, John shout out to you. If you're listening, you're probably not cause you probably still hate my guts, but that's okay. Uh, that's a little bit of side beef we'll talk about in another episode. You know what? You know what we should do. That's that's one we should do for the old fashioned donut one day. We need to pull that little gym out. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But that's besides the point. Uh, moving back to the story. So being the ones that ran the sound and the lights and the words for the worship songs, we got commissioned to run an event on a weekend, and that was fine with us. But there was only one little problem. It was a youth women's conference and you know being teenage boys we were like oh yeah this is gonna be great uh but the youth pastor uh we've done an episode about him pastor tim uh right that's what we called him in that episode i i think so yep i'm pretty sure yeah pastor tim had a stern talking to with both of us and i think he talked more sternly to micah than me if i remember i don't know why he thought i was such a threat to the ladies or anything like that but i had several stern talking to's about that but that stern talking to i just remember it is we needed to stay within the confines of the sound booth because this has no men allowed and i think we made the comment of well if there's no men allowed then why are y'all gonna be there because there was going to be a panel of men on the stage at one point, and I don't think he was very happy with that comment. No, he wasn't at all, and I just remember being told, uh, you stay in this sound booth. If you look at a girl, talk to a girl, or even think about a girl, uh, you're going to have H-E double hockey sticks to pay, and it's not going to be good for you. And I'll just put it to you this way. This conference, so it wasn't just ladies from our church. It was ladies from all over the state. Like, I mean, it was from all over the place. So, yeah, that's we were, we were quite happy to be there. And there was probably a good reason he gave that talking to. So this ran for a few days, and I remember it being like a three-day event. So I remember it wasn't the first day. But it was the second day, and I remember like we took a break, and we were going to eat dinner, and we ate dinner at, uh, I don't think it was a German restaurant, but it had German food. Yeah, I think it was a German place, or it was one of those kind of hybrids where it's like German, like European food or something like that. But yeah, it was, it had German food. At least that's what we went for. Well, I remember getting filled up on schnitzel, and I remember being very full, and you know when you get full, you kind of get in a coma-like state. So it was my turn to drive, I think, because I don't think we took your truck. I remember we took the Buick, uh, the, the Swagmobile. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't its name. But anyways, uh, 
I remember getting into the car and we were on our way back to the conference and I remember backing up and I wasn't really looking because I was in a food induced uh, coma like state. I just remember backing up and I heard a little ding and I was like, oh crap, what was that? And I remember getting out and realizing that I had slowly clipped the edge of a car. And I was like, crap. And I was always taught, you never leave the scene, uh, even if nobody knows. Like, you have to do the right thing. Find who's inside. And so we did. We found who's inside. And it, it was actually a worker. And especially because, if you remember this too, it happened. We got out and we were looking at it. And Chris gets into the car to back out of, like, where, you know, he had hit that other car to pull it into a parking space so we can go inside. And there was a bystander who saw everything. Do you remember that? And the bystander literally was like, I saw him trying to drive off. And he was trying to say, like, Chris was doing a hit and run. And it's like, no, we were backing the car up. And so we were having to, like, deal with that whole ordeal. And they were just very adamant of, like, you're going to find out whose car this is. And it's like, exactly, that's what we're doing. And so we ended up finding it was, yeah, it was that restaurant worker. Yeah, and I remember uh, we looked at it, and there was hardly any damage. His car was already kind of beat up to begin with. And I remember somebody talked them into being like, oh, yeah, you don't need to file an insurance claim. Like, it'll be okay. Uh, you know, it's not that bad. And so we, you know, just walked off, and or we didn't walk off. We drove off back to the conference and nothing happened after that but that was a little side quest that happened to us at this ladies conference yeah so we get to the ladies conference yeah. and it's the third day and i remember them telling us hey there's going to be a panel of judges all men and if you have any questions that you want to ask these men uh go ahead and text this number so what did we do we were bored and we had access to the number because they put the number on the big screen and who was running the the you know the big screen um i'm trying to think the slideshow for the big screen uh, it was us so we had we had a, the number pre time so i think we had sent a few texts early and then whenever it came time for the texting to open i think we sent a few more yeah do you want to tell them what were some of the texts that you sent them because we were bored and we were trying to prank them yes and so let me tell you about this panel of guys that they had up here so one of them was of course pastor tim uh that youth pastor it was all men and then we had uh there was one of the worship leaders there who was on stage um there was a third person do you remember who the third person was no they must have not been in that important yeah i don't remember who the third person was anyways there was three people on stage they were all guys and they were taking turns with these questions one of the questions we asked, um, and we made sure it was going to be Pastor Tim's turn, and we, we, I'm trying to think of the one. There was one where we asked, have you ever had sex? And he had kids, so of course he has. Um, that was one of them. Um, I think there was one about an eating disorder, I'm, <laughs> if I remember correctly. What were some of the other ones you remember? I think there was... I definitely remember the, have you ever had sex? And then I think there was ever... It That's the only one I remember because I remember being like, oh yeah, he's going to know it's us. And he did know it oh, was us. Oh, he did. We knew exactly when he read it because I just remember him being on stage and he read it before he said it out loud. And he literally like looked at the sound booth just directly. We were like, oh God, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. And I remember him responding. He was like, no, my kids were immaculately conceived, which means <laughs> means no, I haven't. And I was like, okay. And I just remember that. I remember it being very awkward. It was kind of an awkward uh, 
time just being there with a whole bunch of women because they were talking about stuff that was kind of awkward and i remember being like can we leave and they were like no you can't leave you have to sit here and you have to run the sound and you have to run the slides and i was like and see the messed up part is and this isn't what fries my donuts but what used to mess me up about that kind of stuff is it would literally be we would only have to run during certain portions of it so there was a ton of downtime in between what you had to run and then to the end so there were some it depended on who the leader was and what you were doing sometimes they would let us do whatever like there was times where we would set it up we would do what we needed to do and then afterwards we'd go play basketball somebody would alert us like hey they're wrapping up in there we would come in there then you know finish up and so there was stuff like that but nah, we had to sit through both it was the whole weekend right it was friday night it was saturday and then it was like sunday morning and we had to sit through all of that and then we had to go to church and it was it was a lot i remember it was a ton yes it was so yep that's the time that we got commissioned to run sound at a women's conference and i backed into somebody's car at a german restaurant but yeah we're gonna move into our jelly donut which is our jail report So, I got a couple of stories for you. Um, some crazy arrest stories. All right, this first one. This five-year-old had a meeting that went pretty bad and ended up him getting put in handcuffs. A five-year-old. All right. So, uh, yeah, a five-year-old named Michael had his hands and feet bound with zip ties and was taken from his school to the hospital for psychiatric evaluation. He was then charged with assault of a police officer. The police officer had been called to the school to speak to the child so the meeting had been arranged by the kids school to scare the hyperactive child straight and stop him from disrupting classes it was this misguided plan that led to the child being treated like a common criminal despite the fact that it was the meeting itself that agitated the child in the first place causing him to act out because you imagine like they were trying to scare this kid straight he's five most five-year-olds i know they're pretty like active and most five-year-old boys they're pretty active like they're not going to want to sit still and they're going to want to disrupt class that i mean that's the whole thing with pre-k and kindergarten and even first grade is uh, especially boys they're rambunctious they're rambunctious sorts they're always doing something i got in a lot of trouble during that time because of the same thing because you're overly active i mean that's just how boys are but could you imagine being a five-year-old and you get zip tied with your hands and and your feet like treated like a uh, animal because you were being disruptive and you like hit a police officer and you got charged with assault of a police officer. i mean the kid's five like the kid doesn't know what he's doing and you know the weird thing is whenever i was in elementary school i actually had the cops called on me for some really ridiculous things a couple of times and but that was when i was a little bit older like eight or nine right and so it was but that was still very scary you know, it was still a very scary thing so for a five-year-old i can imagine that would be very scary yeah it's crazy man dude i, w- I would have sued I really would have sued. This was like 11 years ago because it was back in 2012. But uh, on to the next one. Uh, A lady got in trouble for dog poop. She got arrested for dog poop, right? So uh, she was this lady. uh, This was actually in New York. Her name was Miss Ann. She actually got beaten by NYPD uh, over a dispute involving a mess her dog had allegedly made. Uh, The lady had been walking her dog when she was confronted by the police. The officers claimed that she hadn't cleaned up her dog's mess. Uh, the lady insisted to the officers that her dog only went urinated, but the officers disagreed when they saw a mess nearby. She was ordered to pick the mess up, but she refused because it wasn't her dog's mess. 
Ultimately, Miss Ann ended up in handcuffs and under arrest. It's when she struggled against being put in the police car that the officers began to beat her. She was struck in the face, chest, and stomach in the altercation, and her knee was injured in the scuffle, and the case was later dismissed. So it sounds like some police brutality here, man, like all over, like, dog, you know, droppings. It sounds like she needs to sue, too. Sounds like she's got a pretty strong case to sue on that front as well. Yeah, I hear, like, in big cities like New York and Los Angeles, like, they're, they're a little bit rougher, man. But it's like, can you imagine? She was like, no, I'm not going to pick that up. Like, that wasn't my dog's. And it's like, how can you actually prove that it was her dog? I mean, if it was, she should have done the right thing and picked it up. But it's like... Come on, dude. Like, that's that's small potatoes. Well, and to take her to jail for it, and then when she's resisting arrest, I mean, the thing is, I can understand why she was resisting, right? Because it's like, dude, that's not it. And the whole situation has escalated to the point where you're like, you're really putting me in the back of the car. I mean, I think anybody, natural instincts is like, this isn't a right situation, so of course you're going to struggle and do that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, of the mindset, you know what? Take me to jail, and when I get out, I'm suing you like it's going to get sued. Granted, man, like it's crazy. It sounded like they were kind of on a power trip, dude, like that. They were just like, oh, you're going to listen to me because I'm in charge kind of a thing. Yeah. And that's sad when that happens because our police officers are supposed to be there to serve and protect, but have a gentle touch with it. And there is a fine balance, but uh, we can. Yeah. Not all police officers are bad. Most of them are good. Not all are bad. All right. So this is actually a report from a police officer. So he was on a traffic stop on an individual when he got up to the car and he realized it was a priest from one of his parishes on his beat. Uh, after the DUI van showed up, we were talking and uh, the priest asked if he could pray with him. So apparently the priest had been drinking a little bit way too much and he was driving under the influence, right? So the priest asked if he could pray with them. So the cop obliged. He thought it was sweet that he wanted to pray with them. And so they began to pray. And halfway through the prayer, the priest looked up towards the sky and said, Dear Father, please fill this officer with the grace to not give me a DUI on this night. Bless him and keep him safe. Amen. He said he felt really guilty about giving him a DUI, but I had no choice, so he had to end up in jail. Could you imagine the the priest is like, Jesus, please let this police officer not give me a driving under the influence charge. Like, that's pretty funny. There's so many directions I could have went with a drunk priest driving down the road, but, you know, I'm not going to take those opportunities. Um, I think we can fill in the gaps there. So, but yeah, that's that's pretty nuts that he's just like, Jesus, please, don't let this... And he's like saying it out loud. I would feel bad if I was the cop too, but at the same time, like, it, you, you can't really let drunk driving go. Yeah, the man's got to do his job. So that's, that's what he's doing. All right, these next two, um, these were uh, a result of hazing from college kids. Um, so this is what they got arrested for. Uh, so... In October of 2017, 10 members of Phi Delta Theta fraternity, were, they were arrested on hazing charges. And the victim was an 18-year-old male named Max. Uh, and he died the previous month after being subjected to a brutal hazing ritual called Bible study. The Bible study ritual involved the pledges being covered in hot sauce and mustard and then faced towards the wall. After answering questions incorrectly, uh, Max was forced to drink an obscene amount of alcohol, leading him to being found unconscious and later declared dead by a hospital. So he got alcohol poisoning because he kept getting the questions wrong and he drank too much. And dude, I'm telling you, they go a little bit too far with that. That's not why I've never wanted to join a fraternity. Exactly. You know, my thing is, 
I don't, as bad as it is, I don't mind a little bit of hazing, okay? Especially, it's a, it, this might be a male thing, I don't, I don't know. But to a certain extent, when somebody is green or newer, right, there's always a kind of a initiation rites that always tends to happen with a group of males. And so, like, I understand that this whole thing happens, but, yeah, those sororities and fraternities, sometimes they go, like, really far. And some of these, you're like, that's just sick. You know, that's not, that's not, um, there's a difference between being like, okay, like one of the ones we used to do was we had this kid on our team and he had um, chi-chis like a lady. And so whenever you'd make varsity, we'd make you stick your head in his chi-chis. But like, that's, it's, it's different than covered up with, you know, making them strip, make them covered in hot sauce and then make them drink when they don't have you know, get the right questions. That's just sick. Yeah, it's not right. All right, last one. Uh, this happened at a sorority alpha, uh, Myocron Pi. It was in New York. They were arrested for misdemeanor hazing charges. After neighbors reported hearing loud noises, four women were found undergoing hazing rituals in a basement. During the hazing rituals, the girls would be sh- stepping on the pledges with high heels and yelling profanities at them in an attempt to make them feel worthless. So. They got arrested for that. That's crazy, man. Like, dude, I'm telling you, here's my thing. Like, with fraternities and sororities, you're only going to hang out with those people for, like, four years. And maybe you'll find some friends for life. But I hate the people like, yeah, these are my sorority brothers. Dude, you're not even going to keep in contact after college. Like, it's stupid. And you pay all that money. The only thing you're going to remember is not remembering things because... You're blackout drunk with those people most of the time through your college career. But hey, you can call that number 1-800-SPONSOR-BRO because that's what they all are. Uh, Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, We're going to move into our next segment, which is the Donut Hole. And this is our variety segment. And Micah, I have a documentary for you to watch and those out there. Now, I know you're not a wrestling fan, but how much do you know about Ric Flair? I know some about Ric Flair. I mean... I know some of his catchphrases and things. Do you know woo? Woo! Oh, for sure. And then I've, I've seen many clips of him. You know, he's he's basically a meme icon as well of, uh, you know, just because he's so energetic and when he's talking trash, you know, I see a lot of that. Yeah, he's the OG trash talker, man. Uh, and the, one of the famous lines is, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. That's one of his famous catchphrases but he has a new documentary out on peacock and i recommend it uh for those of you that absolutely know zero about wrestling this is a great documentary because it basically goes through his life and it talks about richard fleer which is his real name versus rick flair the wrestler man i didn't know a lot about his life like did you know he was actually like adopted he was adopted at birth. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Most people know that he's already had like 50 wives and he's on his like 1700 marriage. But uh, but yeah, man, it's it's really good to watch it because you kind of see how Ric Flair became Ric Flair and just kind of his styles and his gimmicks. He was actually in a plane crash early on in his career and like everybody died and he survived, dude. Like he, he had like broken uh, like a broken nose, he had a broken back, dude, and they told him he was never going to wrestle again. Like, in the early 70s, before he became big, he had a big plane crash accident. And you know what's crazy? I mean, to survive a plane crash, you're already defying the odds immensely to do that. 
And for him to come back, that's pretty incredible. And this guy got struck by lightning. Now, there's part of me that's like, eh, I don't know if that actually happened. But, like, when he tells it, you can tell, like, this fool actually got, like, struck by lightning. So he he's had some unlucky breaks, but everybody remembers him for his woo. And, you know, when he was big in the 70s and early 80s, dude. And there was, like, a point in time where, like, he was, like, a shell of himself. And he lost his confidence. And he didn't believe in himself anymore. And, uh, yeah, man, like. It, it's crazy and i didn't know he lost a son like he lost one of his sons and it's really sad but it's definitely worth checking out go check it out on uh peacock and then i got one more for you to review it's another tv show it's on netflix it's called kaleidoscope have you heard of it i haven't so basically the cool thing is it's a tv show and basically the premise is is there's this guy who years earlier his buddy kind of like screws him out of a deal and he goes to prison and so he's plotting like his uh his revenge and like this guy takes over a big multi-million dollar company and the main character he's planning on heisting and stealing whatever's in the vault because the vault is supposed to be like uh like unbreakable so he gathers his team in this heist but why it's so cool is because you can watch the episodes and they tell you this in the intro you can watch the episodes in any order that you want to and it makes sense. So you don't have to watch it from start to end. So each episode has a color. Um, but they say you have to save a, one of the episodes for the very last one. But other than that, you can watch it at any time. And it like it all ties together. So there's like an episode where it's like seven years before the heist. Or it's like 25 years before the heist. Or it's like three weeks before the heist. And then there's some that's like five weeks after the heist. And so you can watch them in any other. And they're labeled by the different colors uh so you have to say white for last but it's really cool and in the episode so there's like blue like a blue episode they like put very focuses on thing on things being like blue and they highlight it and it was really good dude it was really really good it kept me engaged i kept wanting to watch it uh me i'm kind of one of those i have to watch it from start to finish um, and at the end, it all made sense. But it was really good story writing. And the acting was great. Um, but that's the cool component is you can watch any of these episodes in any order. So you could skip around and it all makes sense. That sounds really in-depth. I mean, that takes a lot of thinking and it takes a lot of planning to be able to do something like that. It really does, dude. And I know that you like heist movies probably. Uh, you like good heist movies. And this is like a good heist movie because you're like, oh, yeah, like this is how they did it. And you're, there's characters where you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to betray this person. And so they kind of take you on a roller coaster ride and there's turns and loops. And you're like, how's this person going to get out of this situation? So it's pretty good. I recommend it. Yeah, heck yeah. I'll have to definitely check it out. I will say this. It is not kid friendly. So know that. Know that it is... Uh, very for very mature there's not like any sex scenes in it or anything but like the language and just kind of the themes that they're dealing with are a little bit more mature so just know that yeah absolutely so viewer discretion is advised yep and that's why we're here we're family friendly shows so we're like hey if you want to take your kids to go see this go take them or not but we're going to move into our next segment which is what fries my donuts and bro <laughs> what got you fried up What's got you fried up this week? Oh, man. So when people don't take the proactive measures and use their common sense, and here's what I mean by that. So many times in life and what I see, and I, I know Chris is the same exact way, I'm a little bit of a planner. I don't like to fly by the seat of my pants. I like to be in firm control of the situation and understand what's happening. And then there's some people 
that literally just go willy-nilly and they do whatever they want to do. And if you're spontaneous, that's cool, but here's what I'm talking about. Have you ever had this situation before? And work is always a great example of when this happens because you always have the superiors that do this stuff. It's like, okay, we know that we're going to have a very high number of customers on a certain day, right? Like, say it's Black Friday and things like that. And we have to have this, you know, big, you know, we're going to have this big influx of customers and things like that. We need more people. And, you know, you could put two and two together. But the problem is they don't put two and two together until the day before or... When they realize it, they're like, oh, shoot, we should probably have more people. And I don't know, man. To me, that stuff is common sense. Like, if you're planning on something like that, you have to put those two things together. Like, from one to another. And I know we've talked about this before, where people don't typically use their common sense anymore. And Google has definitely kind of made it to where everybody can get an answer on the fly. And everybody can kind of do things on the fly instead of having to... You know, think about this stuff and use those critical thinking skills. But man, it's it's pretty darn aggravating when it's you know people know about something way in advance. They decide I'm not going to take care of it, or literally they don't have that thought of taking care of it beforehand, so that when the time comes, you're set up for it. So what you're telling me is you would you get frustrated when people are reactive instead of proactive. So what you're kind of saying? Exactly. Well, I mean and especially when they have the opportunity to be proactive. You know, a lot of times people do have the opportunity to be proactive. Here's here's another example, right? So I've got some family members who had to attend a wedding and these people had been engaged for two years. You know, they had two years to plan this whole thing. And what ended up happening when they got, like as far as these these family members, when they got to this wedding, Nothing was done. Like, they didn't have the alcohol prepared. They didn't have the catering for the cake. Like, nobody was scheduled to go pick that up, and they didn't know if it was going to be delivered. You know, there was, like, a whole list of things that weren't done, but they had two years to do it. And the thing was, the bride had the list of things to do. She lied, and she told everybody that she did them. But at the same time, it would have just been so easy to be proactive, and you had two years to do it. Yeah, it's like that old saying, I stay ready, so I ain't got to get ready. Uh, but yeah, I totally get that, man, because uh, working in the grocery business, we would know like a couple we weeks in advance that we were having a corporate walkthrough. And I worked for some bosses where the day before the corporate walkthrough, they're running around like a chicken with their head cut off. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got to fix this. We got to fix this. We got to do that. And it's like, bro, you were chilling and you are always been laid back. And you've never said anything about all these problems that apparently, you know, are there until today. And you want to like it's like that old thing of like, holy crap, I my mom told me to clean my room and she's coming home at five o'clock. And I totally forgot to do it, so I'm just going to shove it all under the bed. Kind of a thing like that. It's like, that doesn't fix the problem. You just kind of temporarily fixed it. It's. I really think the frustration for me is it's a byproduct of laziness, right? I cannot stand lazy people. I really don't like lazy people at all. Um, and so what it really is is it's a byproduct of laziness. It's a procrastination thing. But at the same time, it's sometimes for real. I mean, I'm dealing with a situation right now, okay? I'm just be transparent in my own life. I'm dealing with a situation right now. I'm a manager, but somebody, another manager hired for our department, right? 
And so the thing was, we knew that the first of the year, like the New Year's was going to come, and we were going to have an influx of people. And so I'd been telling them, listen, we need to get another person in here. We need to get another person in here. We need to get another person in here. When did we start training that new person on the first? When we had the problems. When we, when we knew that we were going to have the uptick of things. And it's, it's just like if we were literally proactive and we would have taken that – this person could have literally been helping us and we would have so many less problems, but instead I was the one having to step in and it causes so many other people to have to do extra because of that breakdown. Exactly, man. And that's one of the things as a leader, you always have to be looking at the big picture. You always got to be looking ahead. Uh, the Bible says that without vision, the people prosper. And that's very true. That is a very true life principle. If you don't have a vision or direction of where you're going, you're just kind of like, oh, we're just kind of surviving, man. I'm telling you, those things are going to hit you. And especially, and that's why like some airlines, I get in trouble sometimes because they know the problems are there, but it takes like a big uh, calamity or something going wrong, like on a massive scale for them to be like, oh yeah, we have this problem. Let's fix it now where we're trying to clean up the crap. Instead, we could prevent that from happening. So I totally get you. Yeah, and it happens. It happens a ton. I mean, it happens. I mean, heck, there's even another situation. Literally, you know, there's a situation where we have a door that by law needs to be locked. And I'm not going to say what's in behind that door, but by law, it needs to be locked. And so... We told the people that need to know, like, hey, we don't have a lock on this door, and we need one. And we gave them a price for it, and we said, listen, it's about $250. And think about this, 250 bucks, right? Like, $250 is expensive, but it's a nice, like, biometric, like, really nice lock per, per code and everything that needs to happen. They said no. But, you know, the thing is, just like Chris is saying, a true leader and true, um, you know, person that is good at direction they're going to be seeing these things and they're also going to be identifying the risks as well of this and my thing is the point that i made during that is it's 250 dollars now or it's a million and a half when you get dinged for all the violations that you have whatever you want to pick though like literally it's you do the proactive step now to where you're not stepping in the crap later I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. But I have noticed that, that there is a lot of, I'd rather put it off than, than do that right now. And then later on, when they're in the mess, you know, they regret not doing it in the moment. It's very true. So stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. Know what I'm saying, fam? But yes. Stay strapped so you don't get clapped. All right. Yeah, I guess that applies too. Um, but we're going to move into our mystery donut, which is our improv segment. And Micah, it is our free improv. So why don't you draw some accents out of the hat? All right. All right. Let's see what we got here. Oh, Chris. I think we did this on our very first episode, um, but Valley Girl. We, we got the Valley Girl accent. It wasn't our first episode. We did the old man for our very first episode. We did that one like our third episode, I'm pretty sure. It was one of our first Yeah, it was ones. pretty early on. All right, cool yeah, deal. it was pretty early on. What are we going to do for um, our scenario? A Valley Girl at a job interview. Okay. All right. Well, you ready? You want to start? Yeah, I can start. All right, go for it. So, I see you have applied. What are you looking to do at this company? 
Oh my gosh, I am like a social marketing major. Actually, like I'm a major in general studies, but they told me that like I could totally just do social media. So I was just thinking like maybe just make TikToks like all day. Oh my goodness, you're a marketing major too? Where'd you go? I went to SoCal. Don't you know? That's where all the social marketing majors go. Here's what I have to ask you. What's your first name? And if it's Brittany, I'm going to tell you right now, we don't hire Britneys. Oh my gosh, ew. I knew a Brittany once and she totally like ruined my Friendsgiving, but my name is Ashley. Dude, you have a Friendsgiving too? Oh my gosh. We have a Friendsgiving here at work and let me tell you, it's pukers, but that's mostly because Elliot shows up and nobody likes Elliot. I'll just tell you that right now. Let me ask you this. Like, Whenever we work, are we going to have, like, time to go to Target and, like, smell candles? Because if we don't have time in that in my workday, I literally will die. I'll tell you how it works around here. So pretty much what happens is whenever we're supposed to have an important meeting or a get-together or something, we think that that's boring and bland. So you know what we say? Let's go to Target instead. So, yeah, it, that's that's pretty much what happens. We, we go and we get our Starbucks and our pumpkin spice. It doesn't matter what time of year, pumpkin spice is always, always on the menu here. Oh my gosh, like, so, like, how much does this job, like, pay? Uh, we pay... You would ask about pay. I'm sick and tired of people asking about pay. It doesn't matter what we pay, okay? Don't you want to work here? Uh, totally. I totally want to work here as long as I can sit at my desk and watch Yellowstone. Oh my gosh, I love Beth. Like, I am looking for my rip. Like, rip and Beth all the way. Oh my gosh, couple goals, am I right? But yeah, just don't ask about the money and just sit there and look pretty and that's really what we want you to do. Oh my gosh, this totally sounds like it's going to be a great fit. Now, I can't start until after I get back from Cabo, which is like in a month. Is that like totally cool? Oh, no problem. Yeah, I, I meant to tell you, we really only are in the office like once every two or three weeks because we're all pretty much taking vacations to like Nashville and um, other places like Cabo too. So I'll probably see you in Cabo. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, let's fly Southwest. Bye. And that was our improv segment, Chris. Yeah, that was great. Uh, all the Valley girls are going to hate us. Uh, they are the ones that are making Target, Starbucks, run the world. Uh, I'll save my beef with Tarbu Starbucks for another day because we just got off what fries my... We, I gotta... Was, but speaking of Target, you gotta tell them what Target smells like when you first walk in. Target smells like popcorn and booty. That's what it smells like. Target smells like tar uh, popcorn and booty. That's what it smells like. It smells nasty. Right when you walk in. Like, right when you walk in. It, it, yeah. It definitely... Like, when he said that, I almost lost it because it's so true. Yeah, smells nasty. It's only right there, right by the... Once you get past the registers and get towards the clothes, you're fine. But it's like that first little waft of uh, popcorn and feet or booty or whatever. It smells nasty is what it smells like. Yeah, I don't know why. It just be smelling like everybody be, uh, be standing in line getting their popcorn in their Starbucks like farting up a storm or something. I really don't know why it smells like that up there. Yeah, but that's a side note. Anyways, we're going to move into our improv, uh, not our improv segment, our eclair, which is our positive advice. So, Micah, I went last week 
you're going to go this week. All right. So for my eclair this week, don't ever count yourself out. There's been a lot of times here in this past year and even in this new year that I've seen a lot of people who are not only discouraged, but they're just like, you know, why even bother sort of thing with certain situations? And, you know, there has been a lot of things that have happened in my life the past few years. You never know if you're actually out of something or you're actually behind or you're actually not going to do something. A lot of times it's the mindset. A lot of times it's the way that you think. So if you're counting yourself out already, you're definitely not going to make it. But at the same time, it's just like my old football coach used to say, even if you're losing the game and you're down by a bunch, keep trying to put points on the board so it looks better for yourself. And you can be proud of yourself because you kept fighting. You kept fighting even when it was an unwinnable situation almost. It's not over till the bell rings. You can uh, kick out anytime you want and you're not down and you're not out. So my uh, eclair is a lot of times, and I'm very guilty of this, a lot of times I'm always like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I'm not really in the moment because I'm always thinking about like, okay, when I'm at this place in two years or if I could just have kids down the road or whenever I have this, I'll be happy. But sometimes I forget to be present in the moment because guess what? Tomorrow is uh, is the future and you can't spend time worrying about the future all the time. You have to be present with what you've been given right now. Um, it's not about yesterday and it's not about tomorrow. Uh, and I'm going to be cheesy I heard it was like, tomorrow is a mystery, yesterday's history, but there's no gift like now, and that's why it's called the present. Uh, I think that's from Kung Fu Panda. I'm sure you heard that. But anyways, make sure you're being present with your people right now, being like, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I can't control what's going to happen in the future, but you know what? I can make the best of today. So be present. Think about now. Uh, I'm pretty sure Yoda told, told them that. Always Focusing on the future, never in the moment. So make sure you're focusing in the moment. But anyways, uh, tell them about the new website and the changes that you're going to make. Not focusing on future, but present you need. That was pretty good. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, tvtrashcan.com. tvtrashcan.com. Yeah, uh, so it's all brand new. As I was talking about last week, if you were listening to that episode, it's 2023, so we shuffle some things up. Go check it out, man. The backgrounds are cool. Um, and we got some new shows on there. We got some new playing content. We got all sorts of stuff on there. Go over there, check it out. And of course, you know, all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, connect with us, talk with us, message us, tell us what you like, what you dislike. You know, we enjoy interacting with you guys. So yeah, head on out, interact. And, um, we, we appreciate all of you listening. Yeah. If you're looking for our social media pages, it's donut box, just like it's spelled on the episode D O U G H N U T box. And make sure that you guys are searching for us. Make sure you're liking us, commenting, subscribing, and Hey, ask us questions. We'd love to interact with you guys, but I think it's time for us to trash this episode. Don't you? Yeah. Let's take the box out to the trash. Well, I'm Chris and I'm Micah and you've been listening to the donut box podcast. Yeah, bruh. Sponsor, bruh. Shoddy, I don't mind. Okay, see you guys next week.